0: Thanks for joining us now for Until All Have Heard from the Far East Broadcasting Company. I'm Wayne Shepard with Ed Cannon, who is president of FEBC. Ed, thanks for taking time to do this. I find this so informational as someone who supports FEBC, and I'm sure a lot of people are very grateful.
1: Well, I'm grateful that uh, that they listen. I, I often wonder what value could they get in listening to what I have to say. But uh, I'll do my very best, Wayne, to communicate right. What I've seen around the world. Well,
0: God has laid something on your heart we're going to talk about today. We're calling this Summer Scripture, and we'll we'll get to that in a moment. But I'm grateful for listeners who respond, and we ask you to do that and share this podcast and maybe leave a review from time to time. Here's one person who said, uh, I was so blessed to hear this podcast. What a faithful servant. It's talking about uh, Pastor Jung among, the, uh, among people. He's, this listener says, I will listen to more of your podcasts Just sent you a nice check for this faithful ministry. Thank you very much for that. May God use it to finish his harvest so Jesus can call us home quickly. Mm. Maranatha.
1: Mm. Wow. That's encouraging. You know, I always talk about how we want to encourage our broadcasters around the world to uh, be faithful despite the difficult circumstances they're in. And so uh, you've encouraged me. That listener's encouraged me. And uh, I do count it as a privilege, Wayne, to sit in the studio with you and share with people, mostly here in the United States, about uh, how God is working in these faraway remote places. Mm-hmm. I just had a visit with a dear friend of mine up in Northern California a few days ago, uh, Lyman. And he he was so encouraged to hear the good news. He said, you know, we don't hear the good news about what God's doing because the the media is almost all just bad news and, and gloom and doom, but yet God is working so powerfully around the world.
0: Great. So what is on your heart today to share?
1: Well, yeah, you asked me what sort of scripture has been moving in my, my mind lately. And one of the things we were doing this summer, we've launched this very new program uh, amongst the emerging leaders of FEBC – We recognize that one of the critical elements of doing powerful ministry is challenging and training our future leaders. If we don't bring up a generation of younger people uh, with the knowledge of the past, the wisdom of some of our older directors, and instill that into their mind, then we're not equipping FEBC for the future generations to continue what we've done.
0: Oh, I really applaud that. You know, we've talked on this podcast about my recent trip to Ukraine. And as I sat there in the studios of Radio M, mm. all in that case, there were young men. There are some young women involved in the ministry as well. But that day, there were young men in, in, sitting there in the studio. And I got looking at that group thinking, mm. this is the future. Mm. These are the people God is going to use. We need to make sure that they have the tools they need and the training they need.
1: That's right. I think investing in the most valuable assets of any company And those assets are your employees. Mm -hmm. It's not just radio stations or buildings or towers or social media platforms. The most valuable asset we have are the young men and women who are going to lead this organization when, Wayne, you and I are gone off the scene.
0: Yeah, I very often look around the room and realize I'm the oldest person in the room. (laughs) (laughs) So then I have a responsibility and and you do, too. But how much more true that is for a Christian organization to pour ourselves into the future.
1: Exactly. And we've modeled this uh, training program after Uh, some things we've learned from secular organizations who do this very well, and in many cases better than Christian organizations do. But we were very excited to gather 25 or 30 of the young leaders of FABC. Several of those young men that you had together with you in Ukraine Mm -hmm. actually were at this meeting. We're outside of the country. They were talking to me about the
0: experience, yes. Right,
1: and so we're trying to build into them. And one of the most important elements, one of the aspects of the training – was the adherence to the mission of the organization and how mission drift can be something that can derail an organization from accomplishing what it's intended to accomplish. And FEBC's mission has been clear since our very beginnings in the 1940s, and that is we are here to use media to inspire people to follow Christ, and that's it. We want to inspire people to follow Jesus by explaining to them what Jesus said and what Jesus taught, and we use radio and new media in order to do that. So in order to explain to them how important being on a mission is, I put together a little teaching, and I'm going to share some of the scripture that came from that. Oh, good. And even before I start there, though— I'll share something I learned way before I served in ministry when I was working for an oil company. I heard a man say one time that passion for one's work is the only thing that separates mediocre from extraordinary performance. Mm-hmm. And that means you can't get somebody to do extraordinary work just by offering them promotions or a salary or a big office or a title. You have to love what you do. You have to be driven from within by your own passion in order to get your work done. And that's what I'll call being on mission. You hear that term all the time. That guy's on a mission. You see somebody digging a ditch in the hot summer day, sweating and working hard, or someone in a race who's just running as hard as their body will allow them to go. And people will say, wow, that person's really on a mission. Well, where does that term on a mission come from? And to me, its roots are in the Bible, Paul's missionary journeys. And I had the privilege this summer to hear a teaching series from my pastor, Mike Fabaris, who, by the way, Focal Point Ministries, (laughs) it's a great radio program that you can probably hear somewhere. (laughs) Thanks, Pastor Mike. He's been teaching through uh, the book of Acts, and there was a message that he gave me that uh, I thought was particularly apropos to use for these young people that we were training on, on what it's like to be on a mission. So briefly, looking at uh, Acts chapter 13, uh, the Apostle Paul had been on the island of Cyprus. And from there, he went to Antioch in Poseidon. Uh, And when he got in Antioch in Poseidon, I was struck. He landed on shore. He walked 50 miles uphill to get to Antioch. And immediately, what did he do? He entered the synagogue and sat down. It doesn't say he did anything. (laughs) He went into the synagogue and sat down. And after reading the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers looked at Paul and his companions and he said, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak so God recognized what Paul was to do there, gave him an opening. And as you can imagine, Paul mentioned when he got up and he started preaching, men of Israel, the God of the Israel has chosen. Anyway, he goes on with a powerful sermon.
0: <laughs> I bet he was just that passionate too. Oh, I can only imagine.
1: <laughs> and he goes on from there and he preached there. And then a small element of the people didn't like him. Many came to be believers, but a small element didn't like him. Paul left Antioch, and he went on to Iconium. Similar thing happened there. He went into the synagogue. He was preaching effectively. A great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. But some who refused to believe stirred up people and poisoned their minds against the brothers. And Paul was again driven out of Iconium. What does he do? He goes on to Lystra. There, once again, powerful ministry, healing people, preaching to the crowds— but the people from Iconium and Antioch who conspired against Paul in those villages followed him to Lystra. And at Lystra, as you know, he was stoned. These people hated him so much, they stoned him. Pastor Mike clearly laid out a descriptive story about how much Paul would have been injured. These people thought he was dead. They hit him with enough rocks so they thought he was dead. And can you imagine what the man would have looked like? No. Bruises, cuts, possibly broken bones, mm. terribly destroyed. And what did Paul do? He got up and rested for six months? He got up and went to a hospital? No. It says he got up and immediately he walked to Derby, which is like 50 miles away from Lystra. Why did he go to Derby?
0: Unbelievable!
1: Because he wanted to go in the synagogues and preach. So let's go back to the very beginning. This was a man on a mission. I'll see. Nothing was stopping him from going into synagogues and preaching the gospel of Christ and wanting to make absolutely sure that those people responded in such a way as to be true followers of Jesus. No rest, no concern for himself— No distraction, no saying, well, let's teach these people how to sing songs. No, he had one thing in mind, and he focused intently on that, despite the fact that he had been hit with so many large rocks that they thought he was dead. They thought he was dead. And these are not stupid people. (laughs) Now, it gets more exciting, Wayne. There's more evidence of what his mission was and how powerfully he was pursuing that, because even though he had gone to Antioch, to Iconium, to Lystra, and now he's in Derby, that's not enough. He wanted to make sure that the people in the cities that he had preached in were truly followers. So what does he want to do? I want to go back and check he on them. doubles back. <laughs> and make sure that they're following what I taught them and that they understood the message and that they're not walking away. And he went back to the place where the people were that tried to kill him. You can only imagine what his followers were saying. Paul, wait a minute. We're not going back there. Do you remember what those guys did? He says, no, I don't care. I am on a mission. So I shared with those people, those young leaders of FEBC, I said, look, if you want this ministry to be what your big dreams are, if you want to reach 10 times more people lost in this world then FEBC has reached in its last 77 years, which are millions, then you need to be intently focused on the mission to take God's gospel, which comes with great power, and use the radio to proclaim that, unfiltered, unvarnished, exactly the way God intended it to be proclaimed, so that you will have believers. And don't you be distracted by things like a war in Ukraine or a government who wants to put you in jail or a country that says Christians are not welcome here or blockages against radio, if you're on a mission to do what God has challenged FEBC to do, you will stop at nothing. You will continue to work even though you're so beat up, you're so tired that people are saying, I think he's dead. Mm -hmm. Never stop. You so that's I'm, my summer. Yeah, Wayne.
0: that is wonderful. You know what I'm picturing as you talk about uh, these young leaders sitting there listening to you tell the story of Paul here. I'm thinking the fact that Bob Bowman was a young man when this all started. Hmm. I don't know how old he was. It was post World War II, hmm. Hmm. but here was a, a young man, probably you know, uh, didn't have any more um, authority in him than some of the young leaders we're talking about here today, hmm. and yet he had a mission, didn't he?
1: He did. And not only was he a young man, he was a young man that didn't really have any experience whatsoever in leading organizations, in radio, or right. in teaching. He was a baritone yeah, singer. I was going to say, he was a singer. <laughs> in the Haven of Rest Quartet, <laughs> yeah. uh, doing a radio program that was kind of silly in a way. It was the uh, the good ship Hope, and he was first mate Bob or second mate Bob, I don't know, <laughs> singing in the songs. But that's the kind of people God uses. Yeah. And those young people that were there at our leadership training uh, just a few months ago, these are not people with advanced college degrees. These are not people who've been trained in the leadership schools of large uh, Fortune 500 organizations. These are young men and women from places like Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Mm -hmm. Some have barely got a high school education. uh, And they don't know – about the kinds of leadership principles that we have the opportunity to teach them. So we're teaching them how to put together budgets, how to instill good performance in people and measure that performance, how to build metrics around your organization that can drive you to accomplish more, how to write strategic plans for an organization, all the boring stuff <laughs> of, of business, but yet the most important message is you have a mission, focus on your mission and stick yeah. to it, Never be persuaded by anything. And I think Dr. Bob Bowman would say, mm. well done. Mm-hmm. Keep going. This is exactly what you need to do.
0: And it's all under the umbrella of the Great Commission, as as the gospel yeah. brings out to us. And it, it's wonderful what's being done there. So when we go online to febc.org and we see the videos and read the stories of some of these young people around the world uh, who are doing such incredible things for God through febc. Let's pray for them. Let's take a moment then and, and, you know, and pray for them as we're exposed to their stories and just think about what God could Mm -hmm. accomplish through them as they remain faithful to the mission.
1: That's right. Pray for the future of this organization. I think my parting words to them at that conference were in 1945, Bob Bowman had a big idea for FEBC, and that big idea was shortwave radio can take the gospel to places where people have never heard. So what we're challenging these young leaders to do is not only run effective ministries from what we know today, but what's our shortwave radio of 2050? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How are we going to use the gifts that God has given us of technology today to further the gospel in this most
0: needy world who has never heard? Makes me want to go back and start all over again, Ed, but I guess I can't do that, can I?
1: We've got plenty of time left, Wayne. (laughs) Don't slow down. We're going
0: on to Derby. Okay. (laughs) You go on ahead. I'll follow you. (laughs) Ed, thank you. What a challenge to all of us here today, regardless of our age, to be thinking about staying on mission. Ed Cannon is president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. You can see the kind of leader that God has given us. And we urge you to pray for Ed and all of the staff here at FEBC. More at febc.org, of course, febc.org. And thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your, your reviews of this podcast and the fact that you share it with other people. My thanks to Joe Carlson, who is our producer who helps shape these conversations.
1: And my thanks to Wayne Shepard, my partner in this broadcast ministry. Thanks, Wayne.
0: All right, and that'll do it for this time. We'll see you next time for Until All Have Heard.